Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the Believe Boys Pod here on the Believe Podcast Network, the network for professional podcasters. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And up is in full. So you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. I'm Paul Catalina alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Skandrick. Orlando, uh, Cowboys are two and six. Uh, they uh, we talked about early in the week off game like each game rougher than the last. Now uh, they've got the best team in the NFL right now. The seven and zero Pittsburgh Steelers uh, coming in, and this is they don't have a matchup win across board in this game. I, I, like I just don't see anything where they match up in their current incarnation with the these Steelers. Yeah, um, I don't need the ball. Um, I, I look for Pittsburgh to come out. I look for them to, you know, put the wounded dog out of his misery. I mean, where do you want to look at this matchup? Where do you want to start, Paul? You want to start from the trenches, or you want to start from the skill positions? Let me know. I'm prepared. <laughs> let's let's start let's start from the skill positions because the trenches scare me a little bit, and I'm gonna have to build up to it. Emily, uh, right, um, well, <laughs> those when you we'll start with the Cowboys. At home, the Cowboys they got some really good receivers: uh, C. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. But from a schematic perspective of what the Steelers do, play a lot of zone coverage. Um, they have some very, very rangy defensive backs, starting with Joe Hayden. Minka Fitzpatrick is quite the ball hog. Um, they got Stephen Nelson. And then when you just look at you know their linebackers, what they come from a linebacker's perspective, I think you know Devin Bush is expected to be out. But the other guys that they put in, they're just guys that have been in their system and they're just guys that just play great preliminary ball. And then when you give the Pittsburgh Steelers the ball, Chase Claypool, who's really, really coming on of late. Look at Deontay Johnson, who's a really, really speedy receiver and getting to play that deep both threat that Mike Wallace played, you know, that Antonio Brown played. And then what's a Juju Smith-Schuster, who was a guy who had his when he was able to move around and play in the slot and you know, Cowboys and they don't really have a playmaker you know you wanted to see Jordan Lewis make more type plays like he had made over the last year or two and then you know just with Diggs he's been so up and down and Ben takes care of the ball well Claypool's playing well and then you know what do you get from that do you get Cheeto Ouzier do you get Anthony Brown what type of performance do you get from them then when you look Pittsburgh Steelers they have two very, very solid tight ends. They have Vance McDonald, who's a guy that's been there. They have Eric Ebron, who's a guy that's just been consistently approving on his career. And then you have Connor, who's a guy that can, he's great in the screen game and he's great in their one back zone running scheme. Then when you go up front, you know, you're still missing your left tackle and tough, your right tackle. And Rollins, you have your guard, Zach Martin, you're all pro, but 
you know, you're just the center that you're playing is not maybe the center that you thought you'd be playing a year ago with your all pro Travis Frederick or retiring. And then you have Connor Williams, a guy who's not lived up to what you had drafted him to be coming off and, and ACL surgery. And he's probably, you know, with all your guys there, the weakest link of your line. And you got Steele, and you got Cam Irvin, and you know, you look on the other end, JJ Watt, younger brother, TJ Watt, who's really, really turned into a player, and Bud Dupree, who's really a player. Those guys are just licking their chops. And then when you look at Hayward and Stefan Tuit, it's just, this just does not look good. Yeah. Uh, TJ Watt will forever in Cowboys fans be the guy that they skipped over to draft Taco Charlton, who's now in candy uh, and didn't, and didn't fit in Dallas. He didn't fit, didn't work uh, for a multitude of reasons, but, uh, but TJ Watt is a uh, probe over on the other side and, you know, is, is fantastic for the, for the Steelers. Uh, the other thing, the, the story this week is the carry either starting Cooper rush or Garrett Gilbert. And that's not like there's no way to slice that where, you know, the optimism that maybe it's slightly better than Ben DiNucci because at least these guys have some NFL experience in the league for a while, but they have no starts. Most of their experiences in the preseason. So, you know, what, what are you really getting out of these new quarterbacks that's that's that much better than Ben DiNucci outside of some seasoning of being in an NFL? Yeah, I mean, these guys are... <sighs> Neither one of them started to t- started any team on opening day roster. These guys have been. I don't even think Rush has actually played in the game. I'm not sure about Gip, but I'm, I question anybody that came from Cleveland. You know, I had to sit through Brandon Whedon, great guy, just not not a great NFL quarterback. And coincidentally, these guys came from the same um, college program, Oklahoma State. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really think it matters who lines up at quarterback at this point. You know. I don't. I wouldn't even really care if it was Andy Dalton. Just they're overmatched up front. There's a multi, a multi, multiple fronts, multiple coverages, and this thing. I look for this thing to get uglier. Yeah, I, I do too. You know, and Garrett Gilbert. You know, he's in kind of an interesting story. Cause, I mean, he was the highest rated high school quarterback, like Travis High School, uh, same high school as Baker Mayfield and 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 some other guys. But he was a, a really high rated quarterback. Uh, went to the University of Texas. Was supposed to be the heir apparent for Colt McCoy. Washed out. I mean, did not work out. Then comes along Garrett Gilbert, and Texas has not been the same since. He goes to SMU, and he was okay. And then he's bounced around the NFL for a few years. So he's an interesting story, and now he's with the Cowboys. You know, out of that, like, you know, that's some broadcasters to say and, and, and something for the folklore, but it's nothing. Can the Cowboys do anything with him at quarterback? Yeah, I don't think so, Paul. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know how they've had – a week to prepare. I don't know how they reinvent themselves in a week. They have fundamental, they have fundamental problems as a team. They have things that are much deeper than being able to repair in a week. I said this from the beginning, they didn't look comfortable in their defensive scheme. You got a quarterback who's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback, who's a guy that at this point in his career, I don't look at him any different than I look at Drew Brees. I look at him no different than I look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And I look at a guy like Tom Brady. Now, obviously, you know, some have more Super Bowls, some have more MVPs. But when you t- talk about top-tier quarterbacks, and I'm also going to put him in the conversation of Phillip Rivers, of he's seen every coverage, he's seen every front. So nothing you're going to do is going to fool him. So when it comes down to it, the Cowboys aren't going to be able to stop their run. The Steelers will have a great play-action game. And, and, you know, I look for them to be able to do whatever they want, however they want it. 
Yeah, the, I think the, the James Conner, um, you know, train is just going to run. And, and, you know, whoever it is, if it's Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, whoever they want to throw out there throughout the game, they're going to be able to run it right up the middle. I was really surprised that the Eagles didn't commit more to that early in that game. Now, look, they're winning, but uh, it was, you know, it was 15 to late in that game, and they still weren't really running the ball. The only reason that they got to the, the point was a really weird, questionable fumble return for a touchdown towards the end of the game. So, uh, well, let's not, let's not act like the Eagles. Are- no, but like, but if you're, if you are like, to me, if you're the Eagles and, and you're struggling, like, you know, and, and your Carson Wentz is struggling, like turn the handle. The Cowboys aren't stopping it. Like, you know, uh, Eagles, Eagles were playing with five, eight, five, seven, Boston Scott. I mean, that's James Conner head and shoulders a bit. Yeah. I mean, but they, I mean, were also, they were also playing with a banged up, a banged up defensive I mean, I'm sorry, a banged up offensive line. And if you watch that game closely, and if you go back and look, and you ever get a chance, the Cowboys came out and they played some big time eight man fronts in the beginning of the game. Seen a lot of Donovan Wilson creeping it as an eight box at the beginning of the game. And the Cowboys, their, their, their strength, if you would say, on that team right now is where the people that they have playing the best is their defensive line. You know, they got Alden's playing above average. DeMarcus is really starting to get it going and starting to show you that he got it. So that eighth man in the box, and then, you know, you really, you are from the effective, they, they had hurt you on the outside, really, although they did some 50-50 balls and Fulgham came down. But now when you look at this, that's running is one of their strengths. I see them with a lot of their single-back runs and then look to have a lot of play action off that. So I don't see how they stop the Steelers. And then to go even further, it's like once the Cowboys do get down that double-digit lead, and you can't just stay. sessions where they were handing the ball off eight times on nine yard drives. Now that, that's just simply bad. That's pop Warner football. Yeah. Well, and they can't like, if they want to try to creep up an eighth man in the box, like he, he better get there in a hurry because the Steelers will make you pay for that. They've got way outside that the Eagles just did. Not even that schematic standpoint, you know, Ben has the ability to get you in some great plays. I think Carson Wentz is struggling right now. He's kind of trying to figure it out and they were kind of trying to get him going and no, they never had a reason that they had to, to solely commit to the run because they were never threatened that the game was slipping away from them. So they got they, that allowed Doug Peterson to call plays freely with still having the flexibility to know I'm still in a position to win and also, you know, I'm still in a position to try and get Ben going. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to how the, the Cowboys have to change on your fourth and possibly even fifth quarterback. I mean, if, if, you know, Cooper Rush goes out there and plays poorly, they're in Garrett Gilbert and vice versa. Is it, you know, you want to give yourself at least the best chance to win. So they could be on their fourth, maybe even fifth quarterback on Sunday. They're definitely fourth and maybe even their fifth, but they, uh, what do you do on an offensive game plan to to make it easier on that quarterback to you know accentuate your strengths when you still don't have a, a very good offense? It's gonna get ugly, Paul. And the, the Cowboys start to play young players and just try and figure it out. You know, and at some point, you know, you're gonna have to look at this. Thing. Yeah, we're we're still in in our division mathematically, but what used to be a strength for the Dallas Cowboys was the up front. And you, you were building a defensive line strength, and that had gotten better over years. You know, you had Demarcus Lawrence playing at all pro level. Then you looked over, you had a pro bowl level Robert Quinn, a guy that went over to Chicago, and then Malik Collins was really coming on, and you were getting production out of Antoine Woods. Then you, you flipped the host team, and now your defensive line is in shambles. You brought in multiple guys over thirty. All of the guys you brought in were over thirty, and you expected to get extreme production. 
And now you're looking at it saying, you know, we might want to have some higher draft picks and be looking at possibly rebuilding in the trenches. Because if you look at these teams, if you look at the, the Kansas City Chiefs, the team who won the Super Bowl last year, they're fantastic up front on the offensive line. Fantastic, they have fantastic tackles. Um, if you look at the San Francisco's defensive line, fantastic. They built that defensive line with top draft picks. You can look at their offensive line, they're good. And then you go flip back over to looking at uh, Kansas City's defense. Chris Jones being a high draft pick would not even a high draft pick out of Florida State. And you look at what they had with, with Frank Clark being a second-round draft pick out of Michigan and just really well. And if you want to take it back even further, when you had the Patriots in their last Super Bowl and they were going against the Rams, these are two teams with fantastic like upfronts. And right now, that's probably Dallas' weakest point. You know, their skill position, their receivers, their running back is great, but you're putting so much money into your running back and your offensive line has gotten old. Your defensive line is pitiful outside of DeMarcus. And, you know, you have to start thinking ahead for the future and thinking about draft picks and how you're going to move forward and let your, give your organization the best chance of succeeding. And right now, the wheels are off. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. And I just feel bad because I know how much everybody involved in that organization wants to win. I know how much Mr. Jones wants to win. I know how much Stephen Jones wants to win. I know how much Britt Brown wants to win. I know how much other trainers, Greg Gaither and Jim Maurer, I know how much they want to win. I know how much Sean Lee wants to win and he came back. And I know how much Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott want to win and you know they they were fortunate when they came there that early early taste of success you know here you were 13 and 2 nobody's playing in week 17 just breeze through the nfl you took the nfl by surprise and the other end probably in week 16 week 17 looking at 2 and 13 2 and 14 with everybody playing just playing for pride and it's just it's tough you know being a dallas cowboy fan it's, it's the easy thing to do is make excuses but you know injuries stars are born other people are born and just there's not hasn't been anybody that's really been born you know the, the best thing that you got coming out of the season is digs and you got a lot of ability but you know it's, it's easy to say you know when a guy makes two interceptions you lose you know oh you had a hell of a game and imagine him making two interceptions but one of those touchdowns being given up imagine that being me imagine me intercepting two passes and that touchdown being the end of a playoff game everybody be saying i sucked so when the expectations are low you know it's easy to praise when the expectations are high it's a little bit harder to praise yeah and uh yeah they 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 do need to see you know what they've got in some of the younger guys like you know um and that's mostly going to defense because you know who are your younger guys on offense you know you don't really they're already right you know tyler biotish is already out there the only one who wouldn't be would be connor mcgovern and he's played a little bit so you've seen him you've seen him at least and uh you're not going to take zach martin out for you know uh for any reason as long as you need him in there to protect your your quarterback and zeke and tony and all that so uh i wonder i wonder if you do see more of like tony pollard though um just be, i mean just because to, to see what what maybe you can add into the offense with him uh you know and zeke's had a little thing so he's gonna play but he's still out there so i i don't know there's there's so many things that you have to look at down the down the course of the season and i'm not at like i, I do want to address this because it, it a former player uh, on the podcast you know makes it here for me to like uh you know kind of help our listeners you know they're like you know quantify these things you have these people talk about the tank they should tank they should tank they should not tank they should play the, the, they've got 
professional athletes out there that want to win games, but they also don't need to do like to take that they would take in a playoff type season with injuries that they maybe, you know, let a guy rest because you're not going to get back in it and, and he might get hurt worse, but they should absolutely like find out what you have, like find out the metal of the guys in that locker room. Like you talked about it before when Jason Cover, that, that was a season finding out the metal of the guys and you know, as far as it pertains to, you know, having not playing Zeke, you owe Zeke a guaranteed salary of $9.6 million next year. And if you decide to play Tony Pollard, you're, I mean, are you asking yourself if possibly you're looking into trading Zeke? And I, I just don't see them doing that. I don't see them after paying Zeke almost $23 million, over $23 million for two years. I don't see them just doing that and letting him go. I think, you know, this is going to be the lowest year out of, you know, the extension year it what's being at nine point six million and I think you keep you know, you gotta you gotta play him. You're gonna need him to win. I think that's interesting about Dallas is they have a bunch of holes and they have a luxury at receiver and I just for the life of me don't understand why not or why they will not explore potentially trading Michael Gallup. I mean his trade value is at an all time high right now. He can I think he'd be a solid number two receiver, possibly a borderline one. And I don't I just understand why Dallas doesn't you know, it's the option of possibly trading players when they're hot. You know, you never, they either trade too, too late or they release them too early. And um, they got a lot of holes, man. They got a ton of holes. We talked about this earlier on the show. What, like, what do you do with some of these guys? What do you do with, what do you do with Jordan Lewis? What do you do with Chio Ozier? What do you do with Xavier, Xavier Woods? And then you're looking and saying, what do you do with Jalen Smith? Just kind of looks like, like Shannon Sharp kind of told me on Undisputed, he said he looks like a blind dog in a meat house. He looks out of, he looks lost. Yeah. I mean, a blind dog in a meat house. <laughs> I, I like that. I, but he, he's uh, lost out there. Uh, you know, one of the things that he doesn't look like, he doesn't look as he did two years ago when he had his breakout year. I mean, you know, like he's lost a step a little bit. I don't know if that's true. That's just me because what he was doing a couple years ago, I mean, think about that play against the Texans where he ran down and saved a touchdown that, that allowed them to get to overtime, a game they, they wind up losing. But even still, like, he made that play. Like, he's not making those plays right now. Hey, oh. yo, yo, hey, uh, you're, you're my. There we go. All right. I'll, 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 yeah. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. You're back. I think from a straight line perspective, he's always been good. I, I never seen Jalen before he had that crazy surgery with that drop foot. Mm-hmm. But from what I have seen of him, he's always had a little bit of a length. He's changing direction. And when you're in that four, that three four type scheme, and you know, if, if you want to go back to some of the best three four inside linebackers, when you had Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, you know, those guys. One was like a thumper, and one of those guys was really fast and could change directions. And I think. You know, I don't think Leighton Vander is even a 3-4 linebacker. I think he's a little bit soft. Um, you know, line, the line, when you don't have very dominant guys up front, linemen get on you faster. Mm-hmm. Just from the alignment, they get on you faster. And these have seeming to be like glue and sticking to blocks at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, like that. nothing's looking good. Although I, Leighton looked a lot better last week than he had. In the, in the, like, it looked like he kind of was, is getting his sea legs back. He and, he and Demarcus Lawrence both looked, looked pretty, you know, as the defenses looked, looked better, um, you know, and then, and then again, Trayvon, uh, you know, had all the, all the turnovers, but it's still, uh, they've got so many problems and it like, it's all on and they're going to, there's a lot of their can be, you know, taken up, you know, guys. So it's not like, the, and they don't really do free agency anyway. So they got to start, you know, hitting on some of these drafts. 
that they're going to have. Yeah. yeah. You would like to think that, but you have to ask yourself, you know, you hear a bunch of excuses. We haven't implemented our system. We had no, no offseason. It's a different terminology. To ask yourself, at what point do you, you know what? We're just not very good. I've well, not heard that shit. No, and and well, at what point is it on the play? Like, sometimes you just got to go make a play, right? I mean, you know, you're yeah, an athlete, be an athlete. So you're right. But if I'm the eight ball and, you know, what's, if you didn't need coaches, they wouldn't have, they would have never fired Garrett. If it was on the players, why fire Garrett? Yeah. I can't think of an instance, and maybe you can, where an organization has fired a coach and has had a worse outcome. I, I can't think of how you have coach and you're going to reduce them five or six losses. I mean, I, um, you know, like the only things I can think of are, yeah, not like you fire a coach and then you bring somebody else in. You might like have status quo for like a year as he figures it out and, you know, changes personnel and all that. But I think about the Cardinals, you know, and they, they fired like, you know, they had a guy or the Browns. They have one guy that 14, the next guy 14, they fire him. But that's status quo. They're trying to get out of that. So, yeah. yeah so that's not. They were eight and eight last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Correct. I've never seen an instance where you go eight and eight. And you come back and you go three and thirteen with a new staff. Yeah, no, that, that like and um, you know obviously McCarthy's he's got to he's got to start showing something though, and the staff does, or he's gonna have to change. I mean, he's gonna get the you know change the coordinators thing, but uh, you know I if I'm and I don't know like Jerry's have short leashes with coaches. I mean, he gives most. I mean, he, Dave Campo had what four years, so um, I think maybe the shortest was Kelly. No, I think Wade. Three full season, half years, he was done. And the crazy about that was he won NFC East championships in those three and a half years, 2007, 2009, and he was fired in the 10. Yeah. Well, and part of it, like, look at why one of the reasons fired is, is that, you know, there was a lot of investment in that roster and a lot of thought of what the roster was going to be capable of doing with the players they had on it. And, you know, well, I mean, you, you were there roster, you know, it, uh, you know, things go well. So because of the players that the, the Jones family had invented, the coach took the fall. Well, you can say the same exact thing about this roster right now. There's a lot of money invested in a lot of stars and they're not, I mean, obviously they have a lot of injuries, but they're not living up to it. And even like, they've got to be realistic. Even when Dak was there and playing and Tyron Smith was healthy and, and playing, this was not, it looked good. I mean, they looked, they were, you know, they had a dynamic offense, it's, but they were, you know, falling behind turnovers. The defense was bad. This was not a team that looked good. So if they have a realistic look at it, like, you know, Dak was masking a lot, a lot of things. Yeah, but I mean, are you just, do you want to stay and have a dynamic offense or is your end game to win? Yeah, exactly. You you have a chance to win now with the Washington football team rebuilding and obviously they're going to continue to get better. They're strong up front and, you know, if they don't win a bunch of games, they're going to end a quarterback, possibly Lance from North Dakota State, possibly Justin Fields, or you know, are they one of those teams because they do have some cap space? Do they go after one of these guys that probably get released? A lot, maybe a Matthew Stafford, maybe, maybe, um, what's the guy's names on the top of my head? Matt Ryan, you know, maybe some. It's gonna be some shuffling in the NFL. You know, there's there's definitely gonna be maybe a Daniel Jones if the Giants go in a different direction. Maybe even they go after Darnold if after the. Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets and you know you can't expect you know everybody else just to stay down and think like alright you know we're going to get Dak back and it's going to be status quo again and you know we're going to be scoring points again because 
that's injuries happening, other things around the league happening. It's just, it's just, it's an unfortunate situation that Dak did get injured. And the state of the Cowboys right now, the wheels are off. You know, if the panic button's not pressed, they should probably rip it out because it has, should have been pressed. <laughs> and just want to see where they're going to go from here. Yeah, well, uh, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting one uh, on Saturday, and uh, there's going to be a lot of well, I guess. Um, I mean, it's in Dallas. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some Steelers tourists that make their way wave some terrible towels uh, at the stadium. But uh, it's going to be a, it's probably going to be a pretty good day for the Steelers, uh, unless something crazy and weird happens. So, uh, I, 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 here's my hope. I just hope that the football game is not as bad as the one we had to watch on Sunday night, because that was really a rough game to watch. I don't think it's bad. I was still a, yeah. a crisp offense. I yeah. think you know they're looking at their seven and zero. We played the Dallas Cowboys, then we played. A- then we play the Bengals. You're looking at it and saying, you know, this is this is our eighth game. Sort of, let's finish strong. You know, there's many, there's many wins that they can rack up as fast as possible. They can get things clicking because, as the Dallas Cowboys like to use us, they're used to Steelers didn't have an off season either. You know, they got Ben back and have Ben all last year. Claypool's new, um, Ebron's new. They got some guys that are new, so they want to continue to build on what they got. And you know, I look to see Mike Tomlin have his team ready to play. Yep, I expect that. This is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast here on the Eve Podcast Network. I'm Paul Catalina, alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Scandrick. Thank you for listening. Whenever you do, uh, please and subscribe. We're at podcast. We'll be back again uh, early next week with a recap of what's probably going to be a bloodbath in Dallas with the Steelers win. But you never know. Stranger things have happened in the sports. Orlando, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.